The Real Chemistry Podcast connects the dots between our guests and the innovative work they do to show up and shape the future of healthcare. Why? So you, the listener, are encouraged to join us on our relentless pursuit to make the world a healthier place for all. Some may call it idealism. We call it real chemistry. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of Real Chemistry and the host of the Real Chemistry podcast. And we are recording live from the health conference. That's HLTH. It's a great convening of over 9,000 leaders that sit in the payer, provider, VC, PE, med device, life sciences, digital health space. And at the event, a lot of great conversation around how we move the healthcare needle and what some of the key trends are in the industry. And so today I sit down with the new-ish CEO of a company called SureScripts, which is not so new-ish. Um, really great conversation with a gentleman named Frank Harvey. And we talk a little bit about what what is SureScripts and what is their value proposition. I think a lot of people have heard of them, but sort of how they play in the ecosystem, you know, what they're doing to improve the sharing of healthcare information, since that's such a critical piece, the, the healthcare data. We talk about interoperability. This was a big topic and a big theme at the event this year. And if we can't sort of have a unified playing field, how difficult that is. Uh, some of the challenges that we have as, you know, healthcare has lost a lot of the doctors and nurses thanks to the pandemic. And what does that evolving model look like? So with that, Sit down, grab a cup of your favorite beverage, and enjoy the conversation. So, Frank, we are here at the health conference, and uh, it's kind of nice to be back in person after a few years of you know social distancing and virtual. And uh, I want to start by talking a little bit about yourself and your journey. Uh, you and I were talking in the upfront that. You've done some of the usual. You actually went to school for um, chemistry and uh, pre-pharmacy. Uh, you've worked at some of the big companies. You've worked at the digital health companies. But one I want to just ask about first is Hart Hanks. As a guy that came out of the marketing world, worked at Fidelity Investments for a long time, how did you end up uh, in that before sort of taking a more traditional route to the healthcare space? Well, first of all, thank you, Aaron. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. And, you know, Hart Hanks is a really interesting company. I was running pharmacoeconomics for uh, Roche Labs in the U.S., uh, and we needed an interactive company that was building economic models uh, that could sort of bring them to life because up to then it had just been papers and sort of not uh, nothing that was that appealing to the market. So we utilized Hart Hanks, a company that they purchased called Spectral Resources, to take our economic models and really bring them to life for managed care plans so they could understand the value uh, of our products that we were bringing to market. So had been working with them about a year, and uh, Richard Hockhauser, the, the president, and Larry Franklin, the CEO, approached me uh, because they purchased Spectral Resources, the company I've been working with, and wondered if I would be willing to come over and... Uh, uh, and take a chance on the digital side. Uh, and it was a really interesting time in healthcare. I mean, you know, it was digital was taking off. We were building, our, my interactive company was building websites for Celebrex and for, you know, uh, uh, 
Pfizer, for you know all kinds of healthcare companies, but also on the the automotive side and retail side. So I got a chance to see how marketing was done in those uh, those areas as well in those industries. Uh, long story short, over my my time period with Hard Hanks, ended up running not only the digital agency but Hard Hanks Direct, which was one of the largest direct marketing companies, uh, all the analytics divisions, the market research companies, uh, and our database development companies. So really great background. It's it's really served me well as I've gotten now back over more directly in the healthcare side, all the learnings from the other industries, whether it's financial services or retail or, or automotive and how they apply on the healthcare side as well. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I would like to actually rewind just a little bit because I am always fascinated to find out, you know, people that are intentional about getting into the healthcare space. And you did go to school for that and then went to business school. What got you interested like were you a chemistry nerd in high school or what what was the the kernel for that you know something much simpler than that uh, and it started believe it or not when i was six years old uh, we had a community drugstore called brookville drug up the street uh, and every saturday morning my father would take uh, me with him once i was old enough to behave and setting my seat if you will he would take me up there and it was like the old-timey pharmacy two pharmacists gerald maxey and glenn hilbish would be behind the counter every saturday morning um, everybody would be sitting around the soda fountain. I'd get a Krispy Kreme jelly-filled donut, which is still my favorite. Can't resist them. Uh, and we would just sit around, and it was a community, if you would. And um, Brookville Drugstore was really our primary care physicians. Both my parents had uh, multiple comorbidities, and so they needed a lot of help. Lynchburg was a small town. More time than not, uh, Brookville Drug was our primary care you know, uh, outlet. Uh, unless things were really serious, did my parents actually go to the physician because the pharmacists were able to do that. If you look at what happened during the pandemic, of course, with pharmacists, they started to play more of that primary care role, either with the vaccines or, you know, just counseling patients. Many times in communities at the beginning of the pandemic, the emergency rooms were shutting down. Other things were shutting down. But you know what was still open? That community pharmacy where people could go for the, the help that they needed. Uh, and I think as we look to the future, the community pharmacist is going to reassume that role as paying a large part in primary care. Yeah, I was going to say you brought it full circle because it's interesting how much of a role the pharmacy has started to play that primary care physician uh, role because of the fact that, you know, during the pandemic, we couldn't really go to the doctor's office. We had to do telehealth, but you still needed some place to go to actually get your prescriptions filled and, you know, get your shots and all those good things. Let's talk a little bit about how the culmination of the heart hanks through the big pharma, through the digital health has landed you as the CEO of SureScripts. I think you joined back in June. Um, you probably learned a tremendous amount during that time. Uh, but what you know, what did that journey look like, and what have you learned along the way? You know, it's really interesting. Each each step along the way, I feel like I've been prepared for for this opportunity. I've watched SureScripts from afar from a number of years, and just been really impressed how it really transformed the practice of pharmacy. Uh, and this cost savings in the overall network just by what SureScripts has delivered. Back when I was practicing pharmacy, you know, it, it would either be a written prescription, which you could rarely read and would generally have to call the doctor back, or it would be a phone call from the doctor that, you know, you would take very hastily. Uh, and that's totally changed. Now the vast majority of prescriptions come in as e-prescriptions over our network, very clear, very direct. It's easy for the pharmacist. It's taken so much uh, a burden out of the and time constraints out of it. And it's also really empowered the pharmacist, not just because of our e-prescribing, but because of our medication history and clinical history, uh, clinical direct messaging. A lot of the things that we've brought to the market has really helped not only streamline the practice, but also inform the pharmacist so they can be better practitioners of health. 
Well, it makes sense. And I do want to talk a little bit about, um, probably a lot of people have learned about what short scripts are, but especially in the space who will be listening to this. But tell us a little bit more about that. And then I want to talk a little bit about how you lead with purpose, because I think, you know, anyone can deal with data interoperability. Anyone can deal with, you know, uh, electronic health records, but I think doing so and doing so with a purpose, and that's really the legacy of your company, you know, going back several years, but uh, or many more years than that. So if you could start with that, that would be great. Well, thanks for bringing that up, Aaron, because that's something that's very important. It's really at our core. From the foundation of our company, three principles have really driven us. One is to continue to increase patient safety. The second is to reduce the cost of care, reduce the cost of e-prescribing. And thirdly, is to improve the overall quality of healthcare in general. Uh, and we've stayed focused on that no matter our journey. And so when we look at our SureScripts Network Alliance and those important partners we have, whether it's the practitioners, you know, whether it's the uh, EHRs, whether it's the, the PBMs, the pharmacies, we work hand in hand with each of those to continue to drive towards our mission to improve patient safety, uh, to reduce the cost of health care. Just looking over the last few years, as a matter of fact, in the last 10 years, we reduced the cost of e-prescribing by uh, almost 75% which is dramatic when you look at it. In addition to that, just since uh, 2018, we've improved the quality of the e-prescribing the e uh, dramatically. As a matter of fact, when we look back at it, I think it was an 85% improvement we've had over that time period. Um, we measured that through our, our uh, quality index score, and it's really showed we continue to get better and better information across. Uh, and again, we continue to strive for that better quality, better patient safety, and, and, and lower cost. Can we dig into that a little bit? Tell us, like, how do you do that, right? Because I think it's a black box to a lot of people as to how this works. And it's like, we've got all these records. We know how technology works. You know, with an iPhone, you can connect to anything. I can get my hotel key electronically on it. But I think people don't understand exactly how all the data comes together, how you keep it safe. So maybe talk a little bit about that process. Yeah, a couple of things of primary importance to us is one, the, the quality and the safety of the patient record. Patient health information is so critical to make sure that we're protecting uh, and we guard it with, with everything we have. Uh, and the same with, with all of the individuals or all the companies in our SureScripts network working together, protecting that health information. It's not just e-prescribing that goes across. It's the amount of you know, other things like real-time prescription benefits. When you look at that, it helps inform the physician not only of you know, what the medication alternatives they have, but also the cost of those medications so they can help the patient and the patient can help the physician make the right uh, decision for them. As you can imagine, the least effective medication is one that the patient never picks up because of price. So if the physician is informed through our products, it allows them to pick the right, right product at the right price that the patient will pick up. Matter of fact, some of our studies have shown that looking at utilizing our product, there's the first script abandonment rate decreases by 50 to 70 percent, which is hugely important because abandonment is a, a major issue out there with patients just never picking up the medication because of the price. So that leads to another question, which is uh, you're only as good as the partners that you can work with, right? And so interoperability has been an issue. I think we're taking steps to getting better about it. A lot of times it starts at that point of care, but how do you as a leader in the industry bring these people along and show them the way and get them to follow protocols and do things? And I, I'm sure part of it starts with the, uh, the stats that you just threw out there, right? It's good for everyone. Rising tide rises all boats. Uh, but talk a little bit about that process and how you lead from the front and, and show people the way. 
Yeah, you know, uh, interoperability is extremely important because you need to make sure that the right information is at the right time and the right uh, prescriber's hands. So when we just look over the, the first half of this past year, over 622 million records have changed through our systems, through record locator and exchange, to so over 62 million patients. At the same time period, that first half of the year, uh, clinical direct messaging, over 10.5 million messages have gone back and forth between the pharmacist and the healthcare provider. Again, informing the care decisions, ensuring that the best quality of care can be delivered. I think if I remember correctly, that's a huge jump over last year, right? So a big year-over-year lift? A uh, huge lift, and it continues to increase. We can uh, continue to, the practitioners are understanding the value of the information we're delivering, you know, and the need as we look towards the future when pharmacists are playing a more and more active role in their primary care, the delivery of that clinical information to the pharmacist as well is going to be extremely important to empower their ability to play that role in the primary care. If you just look across what happened with Paxlovid, for instance, uh, uh, this, this, this past summer where the federal government said, okay, pharmacists, you can, you can prescribe and dispense, but the clinical information wasn't there at the time to empower the pharmacist to do that whole, whole uh, spectrum. So what happened was it fell back to the physicians to prescribe it and, the, and the, the pharmacist to dispense it. As we look to the future, we need to ensure that our networks continue to engage, continue to enlarge, to give more of that clinical information, whether it's lab information or clinical history, uh, to get into the pharmacist's hands or any other healthcare provider's hands to make the right decision. Well, it's a good segue because one of the things as we go into 2023, we're at this future looking conference called the Health Conference. And I know one of the things that gets in the way are some of these challenges to pharmacists and HCPs. You touched on some of them, but just rolling up our sleeves and getting practical, like how do we help them, the front line, solve some of these problems and make everyone's job easier? Sure. Well, you know, it's really, a, a, it's threefold. First of all, it's the deliver, it's the technology to l- deliver the right clinical information to make sure it's at the right place at the right time. Uh, you know, if you look at just prescriber burden and prescriber burnout, uh, what we're seeing and studies have shown that one in five physicians have said over the next two years, they plan to, to retire from practice. That's dramatic when you look at how many primary care providers are coming out of the system. In addition to that, 30% of overall healthcare workers said that they're going to cut back on the amount of time that they're spending at their job. So when you look at that issue, you have to look for other health professionals that can help step into that gap to make sure that we're covering patients and we can be there for patients. So there's going to have to be the right technology to get that information there. That's where SureScripts and our SureScripts Alliance partners work together to ensure that the technology is there. But also on the reimbursement side, We need to continue to work with whether it's CMS or the health plans to have the right reimbursement structure in place to pay the pharmacists providing this extra range. And thirdly, the legislation so we can have more uniformity across all of the states from what pharmacists are allowed to do in their practice. Well, you teed up this last one, which is going to be a little bit of a hybrid mix of the question the team um, gave me. The recent election, not getting political, and your passion for clean water. I know you're a diver, fisher. Um... We saw in this last election huge voter turnout, right? People care. They wanted to get more involved, which I think we need them to, irrespective of what side of the, the fence they sit on. Um, I know we need more people in the healthcare system, and we know that a lot of the younger generation is more passionate about things like clean water, healthy environment. So if you were to give advice to someone that spent 35 years plus in the industry, how do we enroll these people whose antennae are up now to say, this is a place that you need to come. We need your brains. We need your passion. We need your commitment. Coming from a you know, CEO of Shorescripts, sure. what, what does that message sound like? 
Well, you know, that's really an excellent question, Aaron. And I'll say there's never been a more exciting time to be a part of healthcare. If you just look at the overall percent of our GDP in this country um, and how big a piece it is and how much more it's going to play in the future, you know, we've got an aging population as well. So the opportunity and the needs have never been greater. And to come into healthcare, whether it's a primary care physician or a pharmacist or a nurse or a healthcare, you know, uh, just a healthcare aide, there's a need across the entire population. And the good news is because of all of the all the advances we're continuing to make, you can make more difference now than you've ever been able to make to a patient. So at SureScripts, we're really passionate about patients' health, patients, you know, continuing to evolve it so we can get back to our three core, you know, focuses. One, improving patient safety, lowering costs and improving the quality of care. We're really excited about the the activism you see in, in just across the country. We're really excited about the the, just the intelligence and the passion that these individuals bring, and we believe that they should bring it into healthcare. And we're seeing more and more of those younger individuals. If you just look around the conference this week, the number of sort of young, recent graduates or individuals that are looking to go into healthcare, it's really exciting to spend time with those folks and see the passion that they elude. Well, thank you for that. I'm going to ask you one other bonus question, which we can throw away since we didn't put it on the list, but it is one that I asked my regular guests. It's a fun one, so it's nothing controversial. Uh, I always like to ask people because it helps get to know them, and I sense you're a man of substance with the farm and the fishing and all that. Um, Imagine you're on a deserted island, and you can only take one album with you. And I think you're, you've been run, around long enough, like I have, to remember what an album is, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, which album would you pick and why? Well, you know, it's a great question. But what I would say is it's not, it's not the typical sort of album. What I would want is an album of my family's voice. Uh, and to be able to listen to that because I'd be very lonely out there. And just to be able to hear my daughters or my sons or, or my wife's voice, that's the sound of beauty to me. Well, that's a perfect answer. Um, I've done this probably... 300 times and no one has come up with something that uh, deep and, and clever. So I appreciate that. Uh, this is Aaron Strout, the Chief Marketing Officer of Real Chemistry and the host of the Real Chemistry Podcast. I've had the pleasure of talking to Frank Harvey, who's the CEO of Shortscripts. Frank, thank you so much for joining us and hopefully you have a great rest of your show. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate being with you, Aaron. It's been a real pleasure. Want more episodes of the Real Chemistry Podcast? We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Stitcher app, or iHeartRadio via the Health Podcast Network. Go to realchemistry.com for more info.